welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Jerry Springer. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, it's uh, good to be back here because uh, we took a few weeks off, you know, for the, for the summer vacation. Yes, we did. It was in, sad. In Britain, we call it holidays. The holiday. Yes. yes. So anyway, yes. This, the, this past weekend, you know, we go to the Whispering Beard Folk Festival. It was in, wonderful. So cool. In, in, uh, Friendship, Indiana. Friendship, Indiana. Population? 61 people. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I could run for mayor there. Could, but should you? No, 61 Should you? Okay, maybe not. But it was a great time. It It was was a great time. It was really cool. And uh, people camped out there for the whole festival. We did. Three days. I did. Megan did. Most people did. You were in a five-star hotel in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, and that's your choice. Okay. Yes. Yeah. As one does. So I had to leave the campgrounds. And, yeah. uh, and and then the limo took me back. In the but, meantime, Gene was so blowing dusty. up the mats we were sleeping on. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. It took you me about an hour. Winded. Your tent was an embarrassment. <laughs> my tent is a backpacker's tent. My tent is stealthily light. and uh, It's yeah, a I'm, large handkerchief. Well, yeah. That's what <laughs> it was. But it was a Gene size. Oh, it was great. Although, on Saturday, you left early. I did have to leave early. And why did you have to leave early? Well, I left early because it was my wife's uh, high school reunion. She graduated from a high school of 730 people, so a large high school. And uh, I came back for that. Well, that's well cool. that was very nice. And did, did, did you have a good time there? I had did a horrible know time. You? Well, you didn't go to that. You had a horrible time. I had a horrible time. Why did you why? have a horrible time? Well, the deal is... Uh, it was about I, I wish her, my, uh, not about you. Oh, I understand that, and it was about her. And she had a great time, by the way. But when I met my wife, uh, I was a psycho boyfriend. I was a psycho boyfriend. Were you, like, for oh, real you were? Oh, my God, for real. Jealous? I mean, jealous, suspicious, accusing, insecure. I was pathetic. And Charming I thought, qualities. You know, oh, absolutely. And what, I thought, and what I tried to was? push all those down. What's the was? Well, that's what I thought. I yeah. thought that that stuff had been dormant for so long that you it would never again? show its head again. Do you remember there was a guy, a writer, he still lives, Ian Tyson. He was yeah. in a group called Ian and Sylvia back yes. in the oh, 60s, yeah. a yeah. folk duo. There. And he wrote four, four Strong Winds, a bunch of stuff. He's a very good writer, Canadian guy. And he wrote a song called Red Velvet. He's a cowboy from Canada. In the song, one verse said, I should have known I couldn't hold her living out so far from town. Yeah. So she was this good-looking woman, and, and he just knew that as the time wore on, he just, this wasn't going to work. And you figured she you would, didn't have a shot No shot, Bonnie. no yeah. shot. And so I go to this reunion, and it all flooded back. She walked in. She was the coolest-looking woman. I put her picture Beautiful on Facebook. Picture. That's yeah, obnoxious. That dress was, yeah, yeah. And she looked killer, I thought. Yep. I mean, you know, this is like Naturally the 50th reunion you. where there were more oxygen tanks in the room than on the space shuttle. I mean, yeah. you know, this is... So... Yeah. And she walked in there looking 
good. Really good. Yeah. yeah. Looking good. And, the, and these guys. The old boyfriends? Yeah, I didn't know these guys. Oh. And, and the ones, Jerry, that don't come over and talk to you. If they come over and strike up a conversation. Oh, yeah, Bonnie was cool. And you're in high school. And what do you do? Here's what I've done. Those guys right, are Right, because you okay. didn't go to that high school. So those guys school. didn't know you. You had already me. graduated. They didn't know me from a screen yeah. door. So they, the guys that didn't come over. And yeah. I even, this is how psycho I am. I went to the photographer who was working the reunion. They had paid him, you know, a hundred bucks, whatever, to shoot pictures. I went over and gave him 20 bucks and say, I want you to follow my wife around and anybody she talks to shoot a picture and then email those to me. I mean, you know, that's how it all came back. Wow. Bonnie is a lucky lady. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So all these guys and you felt kind of insecure there. Pretty insecure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, so anyway, that's yeah. that's how Saturday night went. It didn't go very yeah, well. I, I, yeah, I went to my wife's 50th reunion, and that it, it was the same kind of thing. Her mm-hmm. old boyfriend was there. Yeah. I don't want to mention his name, Gary Palmer. But, uh, uh, well, see? <laughs> from Cynthiana, Kentucky. From Cynthiana, Kentucky. Right. And Address, we're sitting, and just qu- we're sitting at, uh, there were about like 10 people at every table. He wasn't at that table. But Gary Palmer from was. Cynthia, Kentucky, don't, wasn't yeah. at that table. Oh, my gosh. Don't <laughs> right? no. So anyway. He's a great guy. He's, he's a great guy. And, and he's sitting at another table. And the whole time there, and I'm kind of joking around. I'm saying, oh, boy, look at that guy. He looks tall. He's just, yeah. what? He's nothing. Wait till I go over to him. I, yeah. I was getting all steamed, you know, kind of joking. Yeah, and Jerry then, was going to hit him with his money bag, by yeah. the way. Oh, I was going to go over and they say, what time does your show start? <laughs> yeah. No. What kind of plane no. do you have? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but then he comes over and he's literally just the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. And I, you know, I said to Mickey, "Why did <laughs> yeah. you marry me?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, okay. We, we, you know, we do we do the show here at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Which, uh, if you're not from this area, is right right on the right about at the Ohio River and right across the river, Cincinnati, Ohio, yep. and. Uh, for 30 years, you know, I lived in Ohio, and you guys still live in this tri-state area, Ohio, Kentucky. Okay, so I, I just see the news two days ago that uh, President uh, Obama is uh, changing the name of Mount McKinley back to its uh, to Denali, which the name was before 1917. They named it after President well, McKinley. Well, in fact, I can tell you this because, as you know, Jerry, I'm, I, I just love the outdoors. I'm, I'm a backpacker, been that all my life. So with, I've been with your baby tent. With my baby tent, and I've been, <laughs> I've backpacked in Alaska. This is ridiculous, but I've been there 14 summers. To go up there, I love it. I love it, and a lot of that time, some of that time anyway, has been around that Denali area. So here's the quick history. It's real fast. Back in the 18... Well, back, forever it was called Denali by the local natives. Most people say it's the Athabascan uh, tribe, and there's a little bit of dispute yeah. as to which doesn't matter. But uh, So the, the, the word Denali in that language means the high one. It's a 20,000 foot, 237, 20,237 foot to be exact mountain. It's sublime. When you see it, if the clouds are gone, and I've seen it and many times. And it refers times, to the high one. refers so to if, the high one. So if the referendum passes in Ohio where marijuana would be legal, call it the you could have the state. We can now call you it could, Denali. Yeah, the <laughs> Ohio would be the high one. I never thought of that. I never wow. thought That's of that. Why That's why you should. have a TV show. That's yes. good. That That's is really quick thinking. Good. Right Ohio, there. the high one. The high Denali. one. Denali. <laughs> Denali. <laughs> never mind the Buckeye I, State. I We're think, Denali. I think Colorado beat us, <laughs> That's though. Very good. That's good. It's a whole routine. Yeah, it's a whole thing. 
Uh, but anyway, a Caucasian prospector goes up to Alaska long, bef- long, long before it was a state. And he decides to pay tribute to his friend who just got nominated as a Republican candidate for president, William McKinley, and who supported the gold standard, not the silver standard. So all of this was the backdrop politically to say, I'm going to call it, I, this guy who's a prospector, I'm going to call it McKinley. So there was no official word from anybody that now internationally it was going to be known as McKinley. In 1947, uh, Congress actually then followed that to pay tribute to William McKinley. And here's a key point, who never stepped foot in Alaska. He never was in Alaska. He had nothing to do do with Alaska. And all and those years, the locals have been saying, please return the name to Denali. And by the way, all the locals call it Denali, all the mountain climbers who climb it call it Denali. And, and what are these Ohio politicians, uh, the Republicans, to be fair? Well, Tim Ryan, though, careful, your friend oh, Tim Ryan, because okay. he's afraid of voters in the Canton, Ohio area. And oh, so, right, because McKinley was from there. But Canton, it's Alaska. Ohio. It's not even Ohio. Why do yeah. they care? Right. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, it's kind of like, where do we get off naming something in some other state, and particularly the sensitivity in, regarding Native Americans? You know, not only do we grab the land, and now we're going to start naming the things which they think is it's important to them. It's their property. If we want to honor President McKinley, an Ohioan, find a place in Ohio. Agree. I'm willing to change the name of Springer Avenue. Fair enough. There we go. Fair in, enough. In Hyde Park. I think it's three blocks long. Okay, fair enough. And I am prepared to say that Springer Avenue can now be... May I, I, Jerry? It's not named after me. It just happens to have my name. It was named... Actually, it was named after uh, Bob Avenue. I'm going to... I'm going (laughs) to... I'm going to actually call. <laughs> I don't even get what it that means. takes time. It's like the it Lincoln does. Tunnel. It wasn't named after Abraham Tunnel. I'm going to, I'm going to call your Springer Avenue and raise you. Would you be willing? This is a test of where your heart really is and whether you really mean what you just said. Would you be willing to change the name of your show to the William McKinley Show? <laughs> <laughs> McKinley. I would, but the, the problem? Mc- I would, but the McKinley family would sue me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. We don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> hey, yeah. by the way, do you know, you do know, we all know that it is a central position of the conservative party, the Republican Party, of states' rights. Uh, that, that's, that's a motif to them. Constantly they're saying, let states decide. So this is so contradictory to that. Oh, this is just... where they want the muscle of the federal government to keep something, name something for a guy who never set foot in the place. It's blatantly they... political. I mean, and it's, it's just because if, it's embarrassing. if they yeah. don't like President Obama and yeah. he's the one who proposed it, therefore we have to be against it. Yep. And it's just uh, outrageous. So anyway, and, and by the way, here's, here's the final piece of this. The way this happened was... There, there is a rule that says that the board of, of names, geographic names, the BGN or whatever it's called, has the power to name things under the federal government, except when there is action on it in Congress. So Ralph Regula, a Republican who held that seat where McKinley lived for many years, would go in and every session put a bill on the floor. Yeah. The Alaskans then would put a counter bill on the floor, and that locked it up. 
and the Secretary of the Department of Interior, uh, I think her name is Sally Jewell, last name is Jewell for sure, said, hey, enough is enough. In the, a 1947 uh, law says that when there is this stalemate for, for a number of years, I can go in and break it, and she broke it, and from here forward it's called Denali, and we should applaud that. <laughs> Now, let me ask you something, because I know you are, the stuff you know amazes me, and you know about the 14th Amendment. And yes. I wanted to ask you some questions about the 14th Amendment, and it's kind of, in a way, indirectly close to your heart, because uh, you, you were born in England. You were not born in America. You are an American citizen. Uh, well, I, I like, it shouldn't it, be so quick here. We've been friends for a long time, but I do have to say, I have never seen, and Maybe I am asking to see it. Your and I'd like the long form birth certificate because I know the story was you were born on a bathroom floor in a subway stop in England during World War II. Yeah, it true or not? It wasn't the bathroom, but it was at the uh, uh, the train station. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because those and, were the bomb shelters, the tunnels. And tell us, never asked this, and God, it's surprising. You Are you an American citizen? Let me just first of all ask you straight up. I am today announcing my candidacy for the presidency of the United States. <laughs> oh, that would be unbelievable. Thank you. I'll, I'll tell you, you bring, you bring up, uh, what is that? Uh, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5. And here's the American flag. Oh, for flag. the love Thank of God. You. Thank you. You can't see this, but Jerry has now been draped in, in the, the American flag. I love this flag. I have told people every chance I get, America is one of my three favorite countries. Flat out. <laughs> it's a controversial it always stance has to been. have. It is. No. It's, yeah. I am an American citizen. Well, two days ago, Kanye West yeah. announces for president. Yes. Then you got... Well, in 2020. In 2020. In 2020. Yeah. And then you got Donald Trump. And how a guy, just because he's rich and has a television show, thinks he can run for president. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold. Okay. So I'm thinking, and now, and Trump is willing to do away with the 14th Amendment. Which does what? Which, which well, the 14th Amendment says people. very clearly, if you're born in America, you're an American citizen. End of subject. There's no interpretation of that. That's what it says. And now, with his xenophobia and his racist views against um, Mexicans and immigrants and just just horrible views. Horrible, horrible. I don't know if he really believes it, but it's dangerous what he's saying because there's some wackos in this country that are picking that up. And I should tell you, this last weekend, the white supremacist councils in America endorsed Trump. I mean, that's what's going on. You know, we all kind of laugh at the Trump thing because, oh, he's just a showman and, you know, it'll go away. Well, number one, even if it does eventually go away, it's dangerous mm -hmm. when people that have that kind of a microphone, that kind of a bullhorn, spout this stuff, that there are enough people in this country that are looking for any excuse to be able to say that publicly. He gives them cover, because now some of the awful racial things that we hear said about Mexican people and you know coming to America and let's deport 11 million of them, and, and all that kind of garbage, when we hear that, 
even though people haven't been saying it publicly, they say it in the privacy of their homes, which is awful. Now you got a guy running for president, so all of a sudden it's okay to say it. And more people sign up. And on the internet, there are all kinds of websites where you can go and say, yeah, we got to stop this. We got to stop this. We are going to live with the consequence of this xenophobia, of this racism, of this division in America. Take a look at the Middle East. You know what happens when everyone starts becoming tribal? And, and that is what is going to happen in America. He wears this hat. By the way, he wears the hat so then when he's walking around, the hair doesn't blow in the wind. I mean, really, that's, <laughs> otherwise he'd just have a sign. He puts the cap on so when he steps off the plane at the airport, it, does, it doesn't look silly in pictures. That's the truth. That's why he has, okay, let's make America great again. But those views are exactly against what would make America America is a multicultural society. We are the experiment on the planet Earth that you can have different religions, different cultures, different ethnic groups, and in a democracy, you can still live together. Because the only other societies where that happens is when you have a dictator. And as long as the dictator's in, there's peace. As soon as we topple the dictators in the Middle East, then all these ethnic groups start going their own way. Same thing happened in Yugoslavia. Communism fell and all of a sudden, Yugoslavia broke up into those republics again. And that is what's gonna happen in America if we can't live as a society and respect each other's differences, each other's cultures, each other's races, get along and not try to divide us. And Trump is smart. He's really smart. And he's figured out a path to the nomination. And the path to the nomination, which is scary, is he is getting the pissed off vote. Yep. He is going after groups of people that are just angry. Some of them, I'm not talking about the race issue. I'm talking about other issues too. People are angry. They're angry because they don't see the government working. They're angry because they can't find a job. They're angry because jobs are going overseas. And by the way, Trump is so smart that this week he comes out and says, which some parts we like, he says corporations that uh, build factories and send their jobs overseas, they're going to have to pay a, a higher tax. So all of a sudden, this guy's genius. So he's not just doing Republican orthodoxy. He is going, he's figuring political parties are in trouble. I'll just find a group of all, I'll form, not a party, because he'll probably still run as a Republican, but I am going to form a movement of everyone that is pissed off in America for whatever reason. And that's why you see these all different groups showing up at his rallies. It's dangerous. And I'm telling you, he could win the nomination. I know this is, three, four weeks ago, I was going along with everyone else and said, oh, this is just the summer joke. It's not a summer joke. He's in, on top on every poll, and he's on top for now three months in a row. It's not going to go away. He has all the money in the world to keep the campaign going. I completely agree, and I'm like you a few weeks ago said, no, he'll fall. And we were both saying, well, he'll be nobody's second choice. But now I think that the Republicans who want to win, if he stays out in front, they'll move to him as well, uh, hold their nose if they have to. But I, I fear, I don't know that I fear it, because uh, I don't know that I fear it, as I happen to be a Democrat, and I think still in a general election he'll have real trouble. And by the way, look what he does. Tariffs, that's not a Republican idea. The Republicans are free trade people. Or uh, raising taxes on hedge funders, that's not a Republican no. position. 
But what if so you're a legit Republican candidate? What if you are, you know, a Jeb Bush? What if you're one of these? Wouldn't you, I would be so pissed. I would well, be they are. so angry. Jeb Bush today, in, in a minute and a half commercial, really went after Did Trump, he? showing that Trump is really a Democrat or whatever. And I look, I'm a diehard Democrat. <laughs> really? But it's beyond, but he, he can't be a Democrat because of his views on, you know. Women. Those women. Stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that's the point. He's of no particular political philosophy. He's just picking up on people's anger. Mm -hmm. And the reason I am afraid is I think in the end he won't be the president for something that we're not even thinking about. There's, there could be some international event that by the time Election Day comes that all of a sudden you go to the polls and you realize you really can't have this guy's temperament yeah. with his finger on the button. So I think in the end... It won't happen. He, even if he gets the nomination, he won't be the president. But I am fearful in any event because in the meantime, he's bringing up a generation of people now that even in my own, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, there's a white supremacist group. Um, oh, what's the guy's name? Matthew Heimbach, who uh, has this white supremacist group, and there are a few others in Ohio, too. And they're, they're endorsing Trump. Yeah. They're saying this is great. There's someone who speaks our language. Yep. And you, this starts building up. He wants to make America great again. How about just making sure we have America right. yeah. and, and, and understand yeah. that America is above all an idea. And if you destroy the idea, we're nothing but a piece of earth. Yep. Do you think, Jerry, well put, do Jerry. you think there that maybe the way to stop this, the blockage at the coming through the canyon could be a Jerry Springer candidacy? Is that what you're thinking? That if you ran, because uh, here's how I'm looking at it. You said those words in a first, I thought, well, that's, that's freaking ridiculous, Jerry Springer for president. It's outrageous. It's insane. But then I start to think, that I came here on the Ludlow City bus, so I obviously don't have a day job. And I was thinking maybe if you ran, <laughs> maybe you turn to your old friend Gene, and I'm like the campaign manager. So after, then, after thinking about the issues, you've decided that I should run so you could have a job. That, that is what That's I was thinking, right. <laughs> and then I look over at my friend Megan Hills, who sits on your left, and I know that she recently got a wonderful job is an HR manager with a company we're not going to name so that hopefully they won't, that job? They, yes. yeah, they won't make her leave this <laughs> podcast. And I was thinking if Megan became the HR director or the, the HR manager. The HR manager of the Jerry Springer presidential uh, campaign. That's Can what I was saying. Would, imagine if, the depths. If, if, and Megan, yeah. here's... An HR director of, of anything involving me oh, would be yeah. a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good what Lord. I, what, what first passed through my head, Megan, was how many personal leave days I could get. Because I, I was thinking... How much PTO are we talking here, Jerry? <laughs> I was thinking 25. I, and by the way, <laughs> yeah. Megan, I see you're laughing because it's ridiculous. I, I don't really want 25. I really want 17. But I'm saying out, 25 to could, try to get to 17. mad negotiation For a six-month period. Because his campaign, trust me, his campaign is not going to make it to the <laughs> end. Six so months. I was thinking for that. Wait a second. <laughs> If you can do away with the 14th Amendment, you can do away with Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5. Well, you know says, your stuff. Yeah, yeah. I look That's this the up. stuff? I look. When, as soon as and I, what does that Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5 say? Let's really test you. you. Uh, in order to be President of the United States, you have to be 35 years of age. 
You have to have been living here for 14 years. I've got proof of that. My show's been on for 25 well, years. Okay. Okay. And you have to be a natural-born citizen. Well, first of all, I'm a citizen. You are a citizen. And how else was I born? It was a natural born. Well, that's not what they mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what do you... Again, a subway well, just, floor in a bathroom in London is not a natural way to be born, trust and me. During World War II, we were, England was on the same side as America. Well, that is we're true. We're teammates. That is true. Now you're going to toss me to the wind? Okay. Well, and even if that clause says I can't be right now, yes. if you can disregard the 14th Amendment, why can't you disregard Article 2, well, that, Section well, 1, uh, clause, clause 5. 5? Well, that all may be true, but I also, I'm afraid we can't disregard the Jerry Springer show. Also, yes. We can't disregard that. Those are Americans, too. <laughs> you know what I just realized, though? I just turned 35, and I was born here. I can run for president. Good Lord. <laughs> hey, maybe yes. she's your stalking there, horse. There yes. Yeah. She's, you could stalk for Hillary. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Hey, well, it's a grand idea, but it looks like I'm just not thinking it's going to. I'm not feeling Sorry, it, as they Jerry. say. So, hey, let's ha talk about some music and hear some yes. music. And we have with us tonight uh, my brother, the Bear, which is not really his name. But please introduce yourself and your music and where we can hear you. And then want to hear a couple songs. But tell sure. us a little bit about um, yourself, first of all. Uh, my real name is Dan, Dan Bear. And uh, I grew up here in Cincinnati. I live in Decatur, Alabama now. Um, I've been playing music since I was a little kid. Grew up in a in a music-based family over on the west side of Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. It's great great to be here with you, Jerry, and you guys are you guys are a blast. I'm having so much fun so far. Wow, we appreciate that. Um, what's uh, the first song you're going to do? Um, this first song. You, is, I'm sorry. Did your parents vote for me? Uh, <laughs> I remember you being mayor, and I, I can't remember much of anything else. Yeah. I don't know if they voted for not you. Not because you were drinking, you were young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, and you weren't Denali either, were it you? It wasn't Denali. No, yeah. no. okay. <laughs> um, well, growing up in Cincinnati, I'm a huge baseball fan, and yeah. this, is, um, this first song is called Dead Ball. And I just love the history of baseball, and it's been around for so long that there's so many great stories that uh, people might not necessarily know. And um, this is a song about a, a player from the Cleveland Indians named Ray Chapman, who is the only Major League Baseball player to ever be killed, killed, killed by, by a pitch. Yeah, by Mays, right? Carl Mays. Yep. Carl Mays. Well, hence the name uh, Dead Ball. Dead and this Ball. is uh, Dan Bear, my brother the bear. Ray Chapman was born by a Kentucky dam to a bluegrass lady and an Illinois man. And he worked in the fields and he worked in the mines till the day he discovered he could work with the pine. So he ran real fast And he ran real hard And he ran to Ohio To be a baseball star Well give him hell boy Give 
give them everything you got Dig them spikes in and make them show you their best shot Don't you hold on to all the things you should save When that dead ball comes You can take them to your grave He was 29 When he killed that man Born the son of a preacher And the bane of the fans New York Times they wrote about his cares and woes and said that Mays tossed the pill from the bottom of his toes but he threw real fast and he threw real hard and he gave up all his friends to be a baseball Everything you got Dig them spikes in And make them show you Their best shot Don't you hold on to All the things you should say When that dead ball comes You can take them to your grave It was wet and gray On that August day When Mays took the mound And Chapman stepped up to the plane Babe said all he heard was a mighty sound And Chapman fell like a stone to the polo grounds well, Give them hell boys, give them everything you got spikes in and make them show you their best shot Don't you hold on to all the things you should say Don't you hold
your grave When that dead ball comes You can take them to your grave That's Dan Bear, who performs under the name uh, My Brother the Bear. That's an interesting song. Yeah. I mean, that's just interesting. A, the yeah, topic and... There's, uh, a, there's a really a good picture. book. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a really good book by um, Mike Sowell is his name. It's called uh, The Pitch That Killed. And it, um, it talks about the whole season, how there was kind of an, a perfect storm around the whole event because it was... It happened in 1920, and... Um, it was the year right after the White right Sox the White had, Sox had, had the Black Sox scandal. Yeah. yeah. So baseball already kind of had a black eye, and that team was already still under um, investigation for all that. And uh, there was a big pennant race going on between the New York Yankees and uh, the Cleveland Indians and the Chicago White Sox. And um, it was also the year that Babe Ruth had gotten traded to the Yankees, so he was playing for the New York for the New York Yankees for the first year. Um, he ended up hitting 30, 30 something home runs that year. Um, so there was like a lot of stuff that was going on in the season. Uh, Ray Chapman was actually going to retire that 1919 season. He wasn't even going to play in 1920, but, um, he was really good friends with Tris Speaker, who was the player manager for the Cleveland Indians and convinced him to show up. So it was, there was a lot of stuff that was happening, and the book is really great. It's called the, A Pitch That Killed, and it kind of describes all both sides of the story, Carl Mays' story and Ray Chapman's story. You know, Carl Mays was kind of a Ty Cobb character. A lot of yeah. people didn't like him, and uh, Ray Chapman was like the sweetheart of baseball. So it was, it's a really interesting story. And what's neat about listening to you play that, it's a reminder of this music, which is really storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's it. you know, and that that is how stories were told for years. That, and, and that's what I meant when I said it's so interesting because the topic, it, it I agree 100 yeah. percent. It's a it, it's a People story. tell a story about things that were going on in the world, their lives. I mean, that. Yeah, you know, good. It good wasn't work. always political. And you took that story from a book. And you made it, it. It's beautiful. Beautiful story. Thank you. Do you have a CD out by any chance? Um, and yeah, I have tell a couple. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just released a. Um, a brand new CD. It's called The Long Lessons, and um, you can get it from my website at uh, mybrotherthebear.com. I, I went to the Whispering Beard Folk Festival this weekend and sold all out of my hard copy. Good for you. So, what a shame. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, By the but, way, we pride ourselves at the Jerry Springer Podcast, Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery f- of uh, per- bringing forward up-and-coming people who are writers and performers like yourself. Thank you. Yeah, so you're one more example yep. of somebody that we are so glad to have on yep. for people to hear because the Thank quality you. not only of your writing but of your performing is outstanding. Yeah. So good Thanks work. So you, Appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Dan, would you have one more song you'd sure. be willing yeah. to do? And if so, uh, I travel please. around a lot, and um, nobody's really ever heard of me, which is fine. Um, I like to meet people and get around and kind of find a, a, a common, 
common string. You know, there's something that, that all of us as people, we all share, whether it be pain or love or joy or whatever. So um, finding a commonality with the people that I meet is kind of the most exciting part of what I do. And this is a, uh, this is a song about um, not letting a, bro- a broken heart kind of get you down. It's called uh, Hearts of Stone. Up on the rooftops They're waving their arms To people at the bus stops Asleep in their cars They're the ghosts of the promises Never made good They're waving to me And they're waving at you They say Mr. Oh, Mr. Please don't wait too long Hey man, don't you realize You've got this all wrong This old life's for the living While you're stuck in your head But sooner or later We all end up dead So don't Spend all your time alone Fashioning hearts out of stone Cause the next one you love Could be someone to carry you home Down in the gutter We're licking at your wounds The whole world's gone dizzy from Revolving round you I ain't saying that it's pretty In fact the deal's raw as hell But don't get buried by your trouble Don't go drowning in that well And don't Spend all your time alone Fashioning hearts out of stone Cause the next one you love Could be someone to carry you home And shake off the blues And kick off the dust From those old dancing shoes Cause somebody's waiting for you city there's people for miles and they're well equipped
equipped with paperbacks, spare change and smiles. All they want is some contact, a little give and take. All they need is the reason for that look on your face. So don't spend all your time alone. Cause fashioning hearts have stolen. Cause the next one you love could be someone to carry you home. The next one you love could be someone to carry you That's my brother, the bear, uh, Dan Bear. That's that's completely different than the other one, and uh, very cool. And Thank people you. again can get your music at uh, mybrotherthebear.com. I'm also on iTunes and Amazon and all that if they like to buy it off of there. Um, yeah, and it's got my tour dates and all that stuff. So if I'm coming coming near where you are, come out and say hi. Great. Thanks for sharing your music Thanks with us tonight. Can you take us out on Irene Goodnight? And sure. if you can, absolutely. Jerry Springer from the William McKinley television show will join <laughs> will join in on a verse, right? Uh, Mr. Springer yeah. or is it Mr. McKinley? Yeah, Mr. McKinley. <laughs> Mr. McKinley. Yeah. Okay, let's go. I hope this isn't a, isn't a career ender for you, but go ahead. <laughs> Saturday night I got married And me and my wife settled down and now me and my wife have parted I'm gonna take a little stroll downtown You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery. Recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Sometimes I live in the country. Sometimes I live in town sometimes I have a great notion to jump in the river and drown Yeah.
I think we can do better here at home and abroad. Well, I asked your father for you. And he said that you was too young. Now I wish I'd never seen your face. And I'm sorry you was ever born. Christmas tree. <laughs> uh, 